The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, welcome back to You Need to Hear This. This week, I have a guest, Gammy Norris. Yes, you heard it, Gammy Norris from Red Table Talk and Positively Gam. As you may or may not know, I've been on Red Table Talk twice. And each time that I have the opportunity to speak with Gammy, it is such a vibrant conversation. So today, You'll get to hear us talk about aging, loneliness, and many life lessons. Yes, so today we will be having a fun conversation about aging. I don't know if you're over this topic. I feel like it has become such a popular topic. I have been seeing so many articles, so many things on TV, documentaries. It's certainly necessary, but... It is a conversation that we are really into at this time. Are you feeling any of that, that this is the thing? Uh, No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> Yay. Okay. So this is new and fresh for you. So in mental health, the new thing that is coming up is lots of information about loneliness and how mm. loneliness is the new epidemic. So many people are saying, not just because of the pandemic, but certainly as we are growing in age, we are losing the company of others. And it is creating a huge sense of loneliness. Today, I am so excited to talk to you about life, but also aging and what it has been for you, what it means to you. I happen to believe that we are aging from the moment we're born, right? Like you're one day, then you're one year, Mm -hmm. you know, on that second day of life, you are older than the baby that was just born. So there is always this process of aging and becoming. And one thing to be really clear about is the length of time you've been on earth is not necessarily equal to your maturity. It's not equal to what you have or don't have in life. So let's get started, Gammy. My first question for you is, when did you notice aging? Hmm. Probably just (laughs) recently. (laughs) (laughs) Quite frankly, I, I don't think I've ever really paid that much attention to it to be perfectly honest and that was because of the state that I was in though I I would say that that's unusual for the average person Mm -hmm. but because I lived so many years in just a state of confusion and engulfed in my addiction Mm -hmm. so all of my focus was on that and I never even really considered or thought about 
getting older. Actually, I I had this conversation with uh, my girlfriend the other day who we were in active addiction together. And it was like, we never thought that we would get here. Mm. We never thought that we would get to this age. So we didn't even really consider it or think about it. And now that now that I'm here, I'll be 70 in October. And, you know, it may sound like corny, but these are like some of the best years of my life have been lived after, of course, after I got clean and and sober. Mm. How many years have you been clean? 33. 33 years. 33rd year of recovery. Wow. And it's been such an amazing journey. Such an amazing journey. And um, I'm just so grateful that number one, that I found a higher power, and number two, that I still have my family in my life because that is not, you know, a guarantee when you've you've lived the kind of life that I've lived. So, and I heard you say that you have a friend who was also in the midst of an addiction, mm-hmm. and your friend is now sober as well. Yeah, she got clean before I did. Wow. Yeah. So you never really thought about aging because you were in a different mindset. I read somewhere yesterday that we stop feeling young at around 42 years old and we start to feel older at around 52 years old. Hmm. I, 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 that just wasn't, that just wasn't really my story. Yeah. You know, it just wasn't my story. I mean, once I I got clean, I, I just spent so much time and energy trying to get my life back mm. because I had missed so much, right? Mm-hmm. I had missed so much. So I spent all this time just on the go trying to do things, all the things that I felt like I had missed before, you know? So I started working out. I stopped smoking. You know, I had always wanted to work out and be, um, at at one point, I actually thought I wanted to get into bodybuilding. I I never did. But when I got started getting clean, that's when my journey for my focus came on my physical recovery as well as my mental and spiritual recovery. And so it was important for me to, like, get hobbies and, like, do all of these things. And that... And that has been my ongoing journey. And I think that, too, has kept me from falling into a state of loneliness So, because I, I have so many activities that I enjoy with friends. I love to travel. I, like, am obsessed with Chicago Stepping, which is a dance. <laughs> I know and it. And that is, yeah. that keeps you in a social state of mind. You know, so you're out there with other people, other people my age, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that's really important as you age is to, like, keep trying to find things that you enjoy and, you know, to live your life. That that That's what it's been like for me. I've, I've noticed that even when you don't feel like a person of a certain age and this could be at 30 I remember being like you know maybe elementary middle school and thinking my teachers were like 100 right they probably were like 40 or 35 I don't know but I'm like oh my gosh you know like oh but I think the world starts to treat you a certain way and say certain things to you or you start to notice that you're out of the loop of certain things like you know songs that come on the radio you're like I don't have no clue what this is it's too loud you know it's like it's like what are they wearing what are they doing right and you start to like embrace like I'm not there anymore like I just want to listen to Frankie Beverly and (laughs) go to bed by 9 30 or whatever those things are now that is true that is true (laughs) my my husband and I were talking the other day and he was just saying, like, I know that I'm getting old because there's so many little things that irritate him now that never used to bother him. You mm. know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's really, really impatient when he's driving. 
you know, and you just be surprised the little things that just kind of get on your nerves, you know, and you're just in, impatient and don't don't have tolerance for a lot of foolishness anymore. Whereas, you know, years ago it was you. It just rolled off your your shoulders. You didn't you didn't pay any attention to it. Now he's like, I, I'm definitely getting old, and definitely the music and yeah. things that sometimes I. I actually, you know, years ago, I felt like I kept up a little bit more, but definitely music and some of the things that um, you see on social media, uh, like I, I just, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, and if you don't use like social media at any age, like you're right. out of the loop of something, or if you, hey, I don't listen to the radio, I only listen to the people I like, you're you're out of the loop, so. Right, and technology, period, that was actually one of the reasons why I retired from nursing because I wasn't full time because I was with Jada and the kids all the time. It was very difficult for me to like, just keep up with all the changes that were happening with the technology on the floor, on the unit. Like there was always something new that they were adding to the computer. And it was just so challenging for me to, understand and keep up with the changes in technology and still be able to care for the patient. And I found that my bedside care seemed to be less important to than what I was typing on the computer. And and that was a problem for me. I was like, this is not what nursing is supposed to be about. It's it's time for me to exeut. Ah I, I had a doctor experience where I just thought this lady was diagnosing me off of WebMD. She came in the room with a computer and she's like, do you have this? Do you have that? Uh, right. Not this, not that. I'm like, what are you using? <laughs> like, right. is this like WebMD? And yeah. she, yeah, it was, it was very, very impersonal, right? Very impersonal, very awkward. I think there are certainly, you know, certainly some benefits to some things and there is some loving of those old you know, ways that we used right. to have that still really work, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's time for a short break and we will be right back with our conversation. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So... 70 now is not what 70 was 50 years ago. So when True. you were younger, what did you think about someone being 70 or 80? And what do you see now? I thought, it, I have to agree with you that I thought it was like so old. Like, oh my goodness. But I think, I think what I see now, and because of the environment that I'm in, because I the um the activities that I engage in with people my age it is physical and so I just think that physically a lot of times um we are taking care of ourselves better than we were back in you know years ago we have more information and we're more aware yeah I can certainly you see know that. of of the importance of staying healthy, physically, um, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. It's just more, it's more important and we have more information so that we can do it better. You know, what I'm hearing from you and what I very often see is the way that we age well is by living. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And many people, you know, it, and it doesn't have to be retirement, but there is some point in our lives where we step away from the living of life at any age and we don't have any hobbies and we don't have any friends right. and we're not keeping relationships and that just... It takes a toll on us mentally, physically, emotionally. We need those outlets. We need people. Right. Absolutely. And I think sometimes, you know, sometimes retirement, um, I find that some people can actually fall into a depression. And I'm sure a lot of that has has happened um, during COVID. Yeah, yeah. I, I meant retirement and I think just isolation. You know, with COVID, you have more people working from home, which I don't think is necessarily good for our mental health. That engagement Mm -hmm. that we get so irritated by, like, oh, here she come again with her questions. We need our coworkers to annoy us during the workday. We need those little baby shower funds that, you know, we have to contribute to. We need that after work interaction because it's that human connection that keeps us going. And when you don't have any of that, and it's just you and a computer, it's, it's very lonely. I mean, it reminds me of, the Will Smith movie. What is it? I am legend. You remember that? Mm-hmm. That was the saddest movie I ever saw that and uh, yeah. Castaway, where they're in the movie yes. just by themselves. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Oh my and gosh. You know, actually. And that, that goes for all of us too, because I actually had a conversation with one of my grandsons the other day and we have a perfectly um, functioning gym right here on the property and he actually joined the gym because he felt like he spent too much time by himself mm-hmm. and he felt like he needed that that connection with other human beings and so one of the ways for him to get that was to join a gym and actually physically go to the gym and interact with other people different people just to get him back out in the world because he felt like he was spending too much time by himself i think about all the fun stories that come from just interacting with people, going to the grocery store, talking to mm-hmm. your male person or whoever. It's like, you know, that that gives us some some depth, some character, some fun. Like, you know, it's it's something about engaging that I can't quite quantify, but it's it's very important. And yes. even for introverts, you know, you'll have some people sometimes like, I don't like people. I like to be by myself. Well, there is a little bit of us that still needs to be with other people. Um, maybe not to the extreme of an extrovert, but certainly to some capacity, we need that that level of engagement. Yeah, I would agree 100%. Yeah. So you are super active. You're Chicago stepping. I'm from Detroit, so I... Chicago, Detroit, we're like cousins. Detroit has yes. all sorts of line dances and ballrooms. Yeah. And what up, though? What up? <laughs> what up, though? So we have <laughs> all of that stuff. And you know what? I, I think that's a really fun thing to do, to pull up, you know, some YouTubes and look at the Tamiya step, look at the, you know, the, what's the blurred line step, the essence. I mean, there are so many different dances. And I really enjoy, like, going out. And you get on a dance floor and everybody starts to like do this synchronized dance. It is so yeah. communal and beautiful. I love it. Yeah, I, I'm absolutely the worst at line dancing, though. <laughs> <laughs> but line dancing is a great thing because there's always more women in the room than men. And so line dancing allows you to get up there and dance and do your thing and not have to worry about a partner. Oh, so, did, did women invent that? Line dancing is a great thing. Maybe we in, we invented that. <laughs> because, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, know, it right? is a great thing to do without a partner mm-hmm. and certainly with right. your friends. It is a community activity for sure. Yeah. How did you yep. go about, like, finding hobbies and figuring out the things that you wanted to do? Um, You know, like, th- the working out thing, it just was – I saw a body that I wanted to emulate and that was Janet Jackson years ago. I had her picture on my refrigerator, you know, and I just, I started going to the gym and that's not something that I waited for 
Because this was the thing when I was younger, I wouldn't I was so insecure and I still hold on to a lot of those insecurities, unfortunately. Um, But it prevented me from doing a lot of things. Right. Because I couldn't do anything without like my sister. My sister was my number one go to. Right. Whatever she was doing, I was trying to do that. Um, But then once I got into recovery, that was really my opportunity to like because that is a journey that you you don't take alone, but some of it is like fully your responsibility. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, And so when I started getting clean, I just took that opportunity to start looking into some of the interests that I knew I always had. And working out was one of them. And then, you know, you just you just take baby steps and one thing leads into another. Yeah. You know, and some of it was some of my activities were as a result of my partnerships, like my relationships. I started playing tennis because I had a husband who um, enjoyed tennis. Um, He was a tennis buff. So I learned how to play tennis. I learned about football because one of my husbands was into football. You know what I mean? So, you know, just your relationships a lot of times will lead you into um, different experiences. And from that, you will find you will develop relationships with other people and, you know, activities come up. Mm. Speaking of relationships. Yeah. Oh. How have your girlfriendships changed over the years? Hmm. How they've changed um, mostly is that I am not as much of a just jump on any bad wagon you're jumping on because I want to I, I want to be your friend. I'm starting to have a mind of my own a little bit about things that I want to engage in and things that I don't want to engage in. Whereas when I was younger, I mean, that's how I got, you know, involved in drugs in the first place is following somebody else, you know, because I just wanted to be part of the crowd, um, a part of the in crowd. And so as years go on and, you know, you get clean and you, you, get some common sense (laughs) and you get some confidence, some self-confidence, you start being able to make some better choices for yourself. So that's kind of what has, has, has happened with me. I'm starting to recognize um, and stand up for myself um, in relationships that I recognize that are good for me and relationships that don't really work for me. And it's still a challenge. Don't don't get it twisted. It's still a challenge for me how to do that in a way that is healthy and kind for both parties. And it has not always worked. So you're not as impressionable as you once were. Yes. Mm. Yes. How have your conflict resolution skills developed? Mm. <laughs> I just said all of them didn't work out. I just I, I heard that, but I didn't want to say, well, how feisty yeah. were you at 25? Yeah. yeah, that hasn't changed that much. I am, I am still a work in progress in that area. And I find that to be very challenging. I, I really do. I find that to be very challenging because people have, once people get, um, or or develop an impression about you mm-hmm. or how they see you, it's very difficult, I think, for people to change their opinion of you. So I was always looked upon as somebody who was tough and harsh and um, short-tempered, I think. Like, I didn't take a lot of shit, and I'm going to cuss you out in a minute. I'm not, we're not going to fight, but I will give you a good cussing out. So to change that behavior and not be that person is difficult. And I recognize that I didn't like that about myself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even what other people thought. Um, 
I didn't like that people felt that way about me. And so it has been very challenging for me to still be my authentic self, um, but just not be so harsh. And even when I'm in communication with my husband a lot of times, he just has a lot of problems with my delivery a lot of times. And it's just challenging for me because I don't I don't think I'm being harsh. I think that I'm being direct. Mm. I think I'm being direct and honest. And it comes off as being harsh and unkind. So that is one of my biggest challenges to this day. Is it less frequent? Yes, okay. it is less frequent. That's the growth. Yeah, it's less frequent, but it still happens way too often than I want it to. And I almost wish that I could record the conversations because I don't hear what they hear. And I I think that they that people just have that opinion of me and so they expect that that the delivery is going to be that way. Mm-hmm. So whether it's that way or not, that's how they're going to perceive it because that's what they expect. Mm. But then when it happens so much, it's got to be like, okay, this person told you, that person told you, and this person told you too. Mm-hmm. They can't all be wrong. Now, do you cuss people out and later apologize or you just cuss them out and they just got to sit with it? Uh, well, let, and let me let me go back a little bit because I don't do that that much anymore. Okay, that uh, there's the growth. Yeah. Okay, no more cussing yeah, people. Yeah, I, I don't. Okay. Yeah, I, I I haven't I haven't done that in quite some time. I can't remember the last time I did that actually. Oh, look at that. Um, yeah, I would have to really think about that to think about when was the last time I really cussed somebody out. <laughs> Well, I won't ask you all the fun stories about that, but... (laughs) No, please don't. Please don't. Please don't. Oh, I actually do remember the last time I did it, but they deserved it. Okay. And we both apologized. Mm. She apologized to me for what happened that got her to cussing out. (laughs) And then I apologize. I was I apologized to her as well. And we have we have we have healed that relationship. And it wasn't. It's still healing. Mm. But we we are making a conscious effort to do it. We are making a conscious effort to come back in relationship differently. And I think that's important. Like. You know, once you have a falling out and then you decide to heal, you don't come back the same way. Hopefully. Now, you, exactly. you know some people, they come back as themselves, as they've been. Uh, but hopefully you don't come back the same way. Yeah, yeah. You've been sober for 30 plus years, which is a mm-hmm. huge accomplishment. So that happened around 40 uh yeah, around yeah, around thirty seven. Yeah. So. What was mm-hmm. your awakening? Just being sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm. Really, truly. Like I had um been in and out of the rooms for six years. My my sister had gotten clean several years before me. The friend that I was using with on a regular basis, she had gotten clean. I was pretty much out there alone by myself. And um, I once again found myself in my basement by myself um, using and um, realizing that I had gotten burnt, which means that I copped some drugs that weren't any good. And it was like, oh, my God, here we go again. Like, aren't you aren't you done? Hmm. Like, aren't you done? And then I had the opportunity to, um, someone came back in my life and I had an opportunity to, I, I saw hope in uh, a relationship because it was a person that I had been in a relationship um, years ago, um, many, many years ago. And that person came back into my life. Um, 
out of concern because they heard that I had that I was struggling and that I had been in in treatment and um so that alone was a a motivating factor for me um the fact that I felt the need to do something and be there differently for Jada and um you know I just I just made a decision because at the end of the day it, it is it can be as simple as that hmm. you know once you've been exposed to the the steps that you need to take then you need to make a decision about whether you're going to take them or not and so for me it didn't matter how I got there the fact that you know initially I got there for somebody else eventually if you stay there long enough the reason becomes you and then you're doing it for yourself and 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 that was you know that that's how it went down for me and I ended up marrying that person. <laughs> was there a conversation with Jada about your intentions to be in her life or did that just unfold naturally because of your sobriety? Um, well, she she never left. Okay. We, we were always, yeah. Okay. She, she never gave up on me. But you stepped she up. She was just away. She was away at college. Mm. You know, she was away at college and, um, um, then she was going out to to Hollywood, and I just I did not want her to have to deal with that with me. I, I didn't want her to have to worry about me anymore. Um, and I I just wanted to be there differently for her. Like enough is enough. Enough is enough. And I just got tired of the unmanageability of my life. You know, that that it was like a vicious cycle. I, I would go in and I would get I mean, I, there were several times when I had almost accumulated a year clean. But I did that for six years, for six years. I would I would get clean for certain lengths of time and then I would. You know, just use for for whatever reason. Because, you know, we have all kinds of reasons for using. Oh, the sun came up this morning. Mm-hmm. I, I need to get high. You know, oh, I'm unhappy today, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, whatever. How have you gotten better at sitting with discomfort? Hmm. Wow. That's an interesting question. But I I always remember this. We say this in the in in the in our 12 step program all the time and that is this too shall pass Mm. you know this too shall pass and I use I use the people um I I definitely have a village I definitely have a village and I I I talk to my village and one of the the strongest people in my village is Jada you know and Jada has a wealth of information um that helps me um my husband he is such a calming and um reasonable uh grounding person in in my life um and then my sponsor you know i i can always depend on her to help me get through difficult times and just see things you know, in a different light and recognize that um, there, there is a higher power that has a plan for me and I am not that power. <laughs> and sometimes I need to just let go and let God. And then even when we were um, we were out to dinner last night for Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day, by the Thank way. Thank you, same to you. Yeah, and and we were in conversation at the table and we were just talking about how things were were going in the world and my initial response to that was it's a mess out here mm-hmm. right and then um Trey's mother Cherie said but it's perspective it's your perspective on it and then Willow in her wisdom just started talking about how um 
understanding that we don't understand is is the power of surrender and it's the power of recognizing God you know and so um conversations like that always kind of I can reflect back on and recognize that I'm not in control there's so little that I'm in control of you know and your power powerlessness actually um is a form of surrender and and recognizing the power of of God. You said earlier that um you and Jada maintained your relationship but you knew yes. that she was worried and she would check in on you and I've heard you, you know, um say that you recognized that there were some challenges in your parenting when she was oh, younger. Yeah, yeah. To say the least. Yeah. To say the least. And I'm just so grateful that I had an opportunity um, um, to heal with her. And I was able to do that. I think the healing, and and she'll, she'll, she'll agree with me on that, the healing for us really, really started once she had children. And I was able to to um, mother her through that process. And then I was able to be... Um, a grandmother to to um, Jaden and Willow and Trey and you know having those relationships you know was was hugely important in bridging um, and creating a bridge for the two of us to heal and it has just continued to grow I can't I can't tell you how much just even Red Table Talk has done for us you know just having conversation and you know, she called, Jada calls me every day now. And I, I remember always comparing the relationship that my sister had with her daughter. Like, they are best friends. I don't have that relationship with Jada. Um, I never will. And I understand that. I take responsibility for that. Um, but I do recognize the healing that has occurred, and I'm so grateful. I used to always, like, my sister and and her daughter talk several times a day, and now I'm having that um, same uh, healing with Jada. We talk several times a day sometimes, and um, it just feels really, really good. I'm not her best friend. I'm not trying to be, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not my role in her life. I'm her mama. And I am grateful that, um, you know, I've I've had that opportunity to to heal with her. And it's an ongoing process. It's an ongoing process. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of restoration in that. Mm -hmm. A lot of recovery, I'm sure, honesty. I find that... um, it can be challenging for some of us to take ownership of our stuff. Yes. Um, And it, you know, whether there was some addiction or, you know, whatever the issue was with parenting, you have a lot of parents who will say it, I did the best I could move on. Exactly. Exactly. Move on without any acknowledgement, without any, you know, hope for um, recovery. It's just like it happened. Let's move forward. But oh, okay. And I find that, you know, that accountability piece is really important for people. It is important. It is important. And sometimes, you know, I, you know, I, in 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 hearing Jada um, speak on it, a lot of times things are not always the way um, I remembered it. But I have to acknowledge her experience. It's how she experienced it. Whether you know whether it was that way for me or not, whether it was my intention or not, that's how she experienced it. And I just have to kind of sit with it. I have to sit with it, accept it, and say, and you know, and and I I think it's important too, and I know it has been for Jada to actually hear me say, "I'm sorry." Mm-hmm. It's important. She needed to hear that. She still needs to hear it. 
It may not be for everybody, but it was it was important for her. Do you, to not only just say you're sorry, but then not to repeat the same behavior. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Let's pause and we'll be back really shortly after this break. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About $6 million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. And I, you know, one thing I really love to hear is that you accept the many parts of yourself and you tell your story honestly. I think sometimes when everything is not wonderful, it's kind of like when you have a job interview and you're like, what's your worst quality? You're like, I love people too much. <laughs> you know, you try to. <laughs> well, you know what, Dr. Uh, Nedra, it sounds like you're getting ready to get the end, of, but I don't want to get off the call without your hopefully giving me a little bit advice on how to deal with the issues that I'm dealing with as far as my um, delivery. Like, what is mm. it? What what would you suggest? Because it usually, I mean, particularly with my husband, um, if he, when he brings it to my attention, um, what I'm trying to do now is just listen and hear it, and not but but and not go with but I and not interrupt him and make excuses for what his experience is. I I just have to hear it. And sometimes I'll say, well, I, I don't see it that way. And I'm sorry that, that that's how you received it. That's certainly not how I meant it. So I apologize. But 
I find it a little bit more challenging too with my girlfriends with my girlfriends I don't know um because I find that they actually are more willing to just say that's just how she is you know and I actually don't want that I actually want them to hold me accountable when I when they feel like I'm being harsh or negative. So they did come up with, uh, with a word. They'll say Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> like you need something to eat because you, you, you're getting snappy right now. <laughs> well, earlier when you were talking, I heard you identify yourself as a person who cusses people out to the point where I was confused if this was a present behavior or a past one. Yeah. So you say oh, okay. that they so I, you they identify you as this thing, and I think there's also still a part of you that identifies with being this way. I am a feisty okay. person. I um yeah. I will tell it like it is. Um, and you have to undo some of that. I think there is something in there about the need to to have that behavior, and maybe it was really useful at a time. Right. Where mm-hmm. you you mm-hmm. you did need to cuss somebody out. You did need to be a little feisty. Does he need that information delivered in that way? 30 years ago, somebody may have needed you to talk to them like that. Maybe yeah. yesterday somebody said something and needed that energy. But we have to be clear about who we're talking to and what our intention is with this person. How do they best receive information from me? Gotcha. So I I need a signal for myself. You do. Because, you know, there is, you know, we carry ourselves with us. So that can be deeply in us, right? To have this, this, I want to say this, but this is what I said instead. So even taking a a breath and pausing and thinking about how to say this um, and not responding right away could be really helpful. Just giving it a thoughtful pause so that you come up with the, the right information and run it through your head. Like, does this sound uh, direct to me or would this sound direct to this person based on how I know they like to receive information? Because sometimes what we might say as this is direct it could be me because yeah. we're, we're thinking of what feels appropriate to us. Well, us is not in a relationship with me. This person is. Right, right, <laughs> so, right, right, right. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, I could talk to myself this way, but this person doesn't right. like to receive information that way. And so that is what I'm considering because I want to be in a relationship with this person. Right. And for this person, this is how I need to speak. I know you can change it because you have grandchildren. You speak to them in a certain way. You have a daughter. You speak to her in a certain way. When you go to the store, you speak to those folks in a certain way. So we're constantly shifting the way that we speak to people when they get on our nerves, when we love them, when we're upset, when we're confused, when we're irritated, we're constantly shifting this. We have the ability mm-hmm. to do that. You just need to do it in the in the conversations with him. You're already yeah. doing it. Right, right. Yeah. Or with who, whoever who, I'm in the conversation with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you already do yeah. it. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. That was help. That's a helpful reminder. Thank yeah. you. Well, thank you for today. This was this was really good. Thank you. Thank you. You need to hear this. The aging process starts when you stop living. From my conversation with Gammy, I heard a person who is living her life and feeling good about it. For many of us, aging is a big thing, you know, whether that's 30, 40, 50, or 60, you know, you start to maybe slow down in life, but that is not a reason to slow down. We will all age, but how we age matters. If you want to cure loneliness, 
we have to keep our relationships going and we certainly need to live a full life. You Need to Hear This is an iHeart production hosted by me, Nedra Glover-Tawab. Our executive producer is Joelle Bonique. Our senior producer and editor is Mia Dawn Taylor. Send us a voice memo with your questions about boundaries and relationships at you need to hear this at iHeartMedia.com. Please be sure to rate our show wherever you listen to it and share this episode with someone who needs to hear this. Talk to you next time. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound... Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.